0: Thanks for checking out this episode of the podcast. As you can tell, this is a Rocklahoma review. But before we get into this, I wanted to throw a quick shout out to Kevin Graham. You're going to hear his name come up throughout this podcast several times because he's become a good friend of ours. We hung out with him many times throughout the weekend. Lots of stories and everything to go with that. But Kevin had to leave Rocklahoma early on Sunday because he found out that he had lost his brother. And so we wanted to, I just wanted to throw this in here and say, We're thinking about you. We love you. We're sorry about your loss. It's always hard when you lose anyone, but especially someone as close as a sibling. So much love goes out to Kevin Graham. And we'd like to dedicate this episode to you, brother, because you are as much Rocklahoma as anyone is. And I also wanted to throw a quick shout out to someone I forgot to mention during the episode, which is Billy Bristol. He came by our campsite tons of times to hang out. We always have a great time talking to him on my birthday Sunday night after everything was winding down I was starving and we were sitting over there me Tracy and Maggie getting ready to go to Camp Yeager to check out Micah and Billy just randomly shows up out of the blue and he's got a hot dog from the doghouse and he said hey brother happy birthday I brought this for you and he didn't even know I was starving so thanks again Billy for that much appreciated let's get into this episode right now This is episode sixty-six of the Thunder Underground podcast, and this is one thing only, and it's a Rocklahoma review.
1: That's all you need. Yeah,
0: we haven't been to Rocklahoma. We didn't like, so we're not really, yeah, you know, re- critiquing anything other than maybe a few bands here <laughs> or there. But I guess that's what it, you know. That's right. I don't need to get too in depth with what we're talking about here. You know. And by the way, you're Trent, and I'm Jason. Oh, there you go. <laughs> So yeah, if this is the first time you're listening to us because you found out about us at Rock Loma, because we've had we had several people talking to us, or we talked to people about what was going on, and other people stopped and talked to us when they saw our banner, and so on and so forth. We had other people that we know out there promoting us, just because they're good people. Definitely. We appreciate you tuning in here. This is vthunderground.com's uh, the website. We're on all the social medias. As you know, there would be 65 previous previous podcasts you could check out. One of which was a couple episodes ago which was a Rocklahoma preview and I suggest you go check that out even though you know there's no reason to preview something that happen, but it's just a good episode cuz we had Kevin Graham on and he had a a lot of funny
1: stuff to say. Yeah, yeah, he helped <laughs> us uh <clears throat> he helped us run down the lineup and tell some stories. It was a good one. Yeah. Well, ten.
0: this was the Rocklahoma's 10-year anniversary, and it's hard to, kind of weird to imagine that it's already been 10 of these. Yeah, and yeah. we've been
1: to every one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, rain, no rain, uh, hot, not hot, uh, <laughs> broke or not broke. Right. <laughs> we, we've been to every damn one of them. Somehow, we made it. Yeah. And let's think...
0: 2007 when this happened you know we went out there just because we love 80s rock yeah glam rock all that you know and that's what it was themed around and i kind of thought it'd be a one-time thing but there was a big crowd out there and then the second and third
1: one happened and by the third one it started to dwindle a little yeah they, they knew they had to do something they knew they had a little tweaking to do yeah. and then that's when they got ag involved
0: as a partnership and where we're at now, where there's a mix of everything. And Rocklahoma has done a good job of branding itself a little different from all the other festivals around the country, because there's always several of those bands, you know, from the era that fit those first three. Like, this year was Great White, and Sebastian Bach, Bang Tango, Scorpions, that all fit that era. And, of course, the Retrospect stage is there every year. And Sam from Retrospect Records does a great job of bringing in bands that – either are actually from the era or are
1: newer bands that totally have that sound and attitude, yeah. keeping that spirit alive without being, you know, dated or anything. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, um, generally we always get out there on Wednesday. We have every year. Actually, this is your first year in a while to get out there early. Right? Yeah, usu- yeah.
1: Usually I'm not getting out there till like Thursday early evening or something. Uh, but kind of like the earlier years, I was able to get out there on Wednesday this year and, uh, you know, it made things a little more tiring, but it was still good. And I'll probably do the same thing next year. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we'll get out there Wednesday, set everything up and, which takes a little bit because, you know, you've got, you know, being out there 10 years, you become friends with a lot of people around there. Yeah. And then the people that are there come by when they see you and show up and start talking, which is great. Yeah. And of course the wind's blowing, so it's a pain in the butt to set some tents <laughs> up. Yeah. And that's the other thing, 10 years straight, we've been in VIP camping every year, but we have always used tents. We've never stepped up to a camper because, hey, we're thrifty. We're thrifty bastards, as that's you right. like to say.
1: And we're warriors. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Which the last couple years hasn't been bad. Well, last year, the rain was bad, but I mean, they're... being in May, it's never been too hot that it was uncomfortable like it was in July. Yeah. When you camp in those tents in July, man, you got like two hours sleep if you're lucky because... It was hot at 4 in the morning, and it was extremely hot at 8 in
1: the morning. When the sun came out, yeah. yeah. But but this way, you know, it's in May, and, you know, really, uh, I don't, I don't want to be in a camper most of the time. I want to be out and, you know, in a lawn chair with a beer or going to somebody else's camp or going and watching a band. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm just kind of used to how we do it by now. Yeah. Well... Wednesday night, like
0: I said, we got things set up and we hung out, some friends, normal stuff, and then we were able to get one one interview done. We did a pretty lengthy one with Sam McCaslin from Retrospect Records that yeah. I mentioned earlier. So look for that in the coming weeks. Rector recorded several several out here and we don't really have a schedule yet on when they're coming out, but you know, we'll have at least I think it's five or so coming from this weekend. Yeah. After this one. And that went great and into that night and everything, you know, nothing too much to talk about Wednesday because no bands were playing. It was more yeah. just a hangout night.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And then, th- excuse me, Thursday came along and yeah. that's when everything kind of kicks into gear. We've got the pre-party starting. Camp Jaeger retrospect party start 2 p.m. went all night and then Axis' pre-party started at 6 p.m. and went all night. Yeah. And then I remember first significant thing from Thursday, besides eating in a China buffet, <laughs> yeah, was we came back and went down to Jason Carroll's camp. Yes, we did Camp Rock Lacoma and him and his wife and he had his kids with him, and he had a couple other friends. And <clears throat> they were very accommodating. You know, we hung out there for a little while. You know, they gave us refreshments and all the stuff that people do at Rocklahoma. Right? And they were
1: refreshing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so it was great to see him and hang out. You know, he's been a supporter of this podcast for a while.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And
0: we're very appreciative of it. And everybody in his crew is extremely nice people. Which is another thing to mention about Rocklahoma is you always hear stories of assholes here and there. But when you have thirty to 50,000 people camping or hanging around, there's always going to be assholes. <laughs> but you know, we've been fortunate that we've come to know as a boatload of amazing human beings Yeah, know, because I mean, of this festival.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, 99% of everybody out there is awesome, and we've made some great friends. So, but, you know, that's one of the cool things about the whole thing, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good thing to to throw in right here is, like we said, we've been to all 10. We started at number one with it was us and my girlfriend, Tracy. She was my girlfriend at the time. But and Maggie, the four of us, yeah, made the first trip, and here we are still are standing yeah. ten years later. Exactly, and in the original four. Yeah, and then starting that first year, you know, we met we met John and Melita Winnie.
1: And, yeah, um,
0: their sister and brother-in-law, um, Lucy and James, and that started off this funny story. I'm not going to get too detailed about it. But that started off a little contentious, <laughs> you know, like. Tracy and Maggie, I think, you know, we're kind of getting into it a little with them, you know, when no fault anybody's, but, yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: because that's who we, that's who our seats were next to that first year, right? Yeah. Okay, that's right.
0: Yeah, our seats were right <clears throat> in between them and then Sean and Candy. And, yes. And Trevor.
1: That's right. That's right. And
0: all three of those are people we know because of Rock, Oklahoma, and yeah, we're exactly. still great friends with. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, they, you know, they argued a little, you know, because of, you know, beers and things <laughs> happening or whatever, but which is, you know, that was year one. And here we are here ten <clears throat> years later, you know, we hang out with them all the time outside of Rock, Oklahoma too. Yeah. Yeah. We're all friends and yeah. it's all good. Yeah. And I mentioned Shawnee Candy and Trevor, all three of those people sat on the other side of us in a row and we're all good friends with them. Yeah. See them tons of times outside of Rock, Oklahoma as well. Yeah. And Shawnee Candy actually camped with us now too. That's
1: right. That's right. Tells
0: you that, you know, we're not just saying we're friends. We truly are.
1: Rocklahoma brings people together. Yeah.
0: yeah. Then, of course, there's Carl, who we met the first year. Oh, yeah. And we've known him now for 10 years, and we hang out with him all the time. Carl's group with Kevin and Becky and Robin and Gordon, same way. You know, we see them tons of times outside of Rocklahoma, became great friends. And there's there's other people in there. And obviously, in the past, every year, you know, you meet someone new. Yeah. In the past few years we've mentioned Kevin Graham a tons of times. Oh, we've yeah. known him now for a couple of years and consider him a great friend and the list goes on and on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we could be here for an hour just about all the all the people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we got over to this pre-party. Um we're not going to, you know, obviously if you don't hear a band mentioned it's probably because we didn't see him, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and that's one thing. It's like, you know, I had we all had all these plans to go here and go here and go see this band and go see this band. And once you get here, once I, once you get there, it gets all fucked up. I mean, cause you know, it's just the, the, you know, the chaos of it or, you know, the excitement of it, you know, you're partying and then this guy comes up to your camp or these people come up there or you go here and next thing you know, it's three in the morning and, you know, you've forgotten something or you've missed something, and it's just uh, it's it's just a huge uh, you know huge mess sometimes. So if if we missed you know anybody or any bands, uh, it wasn't because we meant to. It's just kind of the Rocklahoma, you know, scramble. You uh-huh. know,
0: yeah. There's someone made it, I think it was Kevin made a post last night that said next yeah. year I'm not making a schedule to see anybody or meet anybody, if you know, so I don't offend anybody when I don't show up. And I said, that's a great point because I know I told a few people, yeah, I, I just, will be there to see your band, and then I wasn't. Yeah. So I'm yeah, sure exactly. that it's not, you know, they had tons of people there, so they're not worried about the fact that I'm out, but I just hate doing that. You yeah, know?
1: you hate if you say that you're going to do it and yeah. you don't. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like I think I mentioned, it's like back in the day when we used to go South by Southwest. Yeah. You try to make a schedule, but... It's out Fuck the window. All that. yeah. It's in a out, couple hours. Yeah, out <laughs> the window because everything's just so just crazy everywhere.
0: Well south by Southwest it's scattered all over the place in Rocklahoma yeah. in a sense as well because you've got bands playing at Camp Jaeger and Axis and there's really not a way to get to each of them quickly. You know, it's not a far walk, but it's like you're gonna miss a band if you're walking to see another band, that yep. kind of thing. And especially yeah, exactly. the shows that are after the full day, you know, normal Rocklahoma shows, you know, you get tied up talking to someone or hanging out and then you realize, oh crap, I missed this band or whatever. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) But the first band we made sure to get over there to see was the W Adore. Yeah. And their time slot was 4 p.m. But there was a, we got over there and some other band was playing. And then we got word from someone else that they were stuck on the other side of the, the grounds because the whoever, the people that were letting people drive through didn't let them drive through yeah. because they didn't have VIP campsite passes because yeah. they were camping in GA. Yeah, and they're okay. like, look, we've got a trailer of gear because we're going to play at this stage right over there. And, you know, we'll get you can hear more about this story, actually, when we, yeah. we recorded an interview with the whole band and, you know, they kind of went into in detail on what happened. So yeah. It's a pretty good story. So there was kind of a mix up and we had actually planned an interview we were doing that day to, you know, so we wouldn't miss the W door. And then the time slot that they ended up playing was right during our interview. So we did miss them. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. But we saw them eventually and we'll get to
1: that. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: And so who was the first first band we actually saw that night? I'm trying to remember. Was it Moxie? Or was it 3D in your
1: face? I think it was 3D in your face. Okay. Because didn't we see Moxie during the daytime somehow?
0: I don't know. Yeah, that would have been before 3D in your face then.
1: Yeah, okay. Daytime, yeah. Gotcha. No, yeah, you're right then. Yes. Okay, yeah, you are right. Yeah, Yeah, because
0: we had actually met Moxie and because Sam had introduced us to her the night before after we did the interview with him. And he, you know, we'd hoped to do an interview, but like everything else, it stuff gets crazy and. Falls to the wayside,
1: but... But we um, we did get to see them live, and I mean, I think, for me, that was one of the biggest highlights of the whole festival. I yeah. fell in love with this band. These girls rock.
0: Yeah, there's always, anytime you go to this, you're always going to find a few bands that
1: you, you hadn't heard before you got there, yeah. which is
0: great, because yeah. there's always some bands where you've heard a song or two, and then they turn out being good like you hope, but then there's other bands like this where... You might have saw the name on the flyer, but you had never heard him prior. Yeah. And Moxie was definitely one of those bands for both of us. But we made a point to get over there because Sam had introduced us to him. And, you know, it was interesting because, you know, they were all teenagers, except one of the members, I think, is 20. But the drummer's 13. Yeah. And we got a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old. And I think I'm right, and a 20-year-old. Yeah. An all-female band. We got over there, saw them, and like you said, it rocked. It lived completely up to any hype that was there from, yeah, definitely. from everybody. And they held their own with everybody on the whole festival.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, these girls, they look great. Uh, they've got, got—they've, you know, they're professional. Uh, they had a total rock star uh, look and just a feel. They did some cool covers. All their originals are badass. I mean, I I think I think you need to watch out for this band. It was it was one of my favorites of the whole thing. And like I said, we got talked to Moxie for a while, and she was great. And so uh, I'm just you know excited that you know I found a band that uh, really you know uh, kind of flipped my lid there.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you said, watch out for them because you can say that about any band you like. But this band has. Absolutely everything you need to succeed. Yeah, and
1: exactly.
0: You know, it's there's other all female bands out there, but they don't always combine all the elements they need. And this band certainly does. Like you said, they've got the look. You know, and they've got the the attitude. They've got this, and most importantly, they've got the songs that are great. Yes. And so, speaking of songs, we're gonna play one for you right now. Let's do it. And this song is called Watch Your Mouth. That was Watch Your Mouth from Moxie and the Influence. Great song. Great groovy guitars. Just fast in your face. One thing they, uh you mentioned they did covers, you know, here and there. Yeah. And one of the covers they did was Kickstart My yeah. Heart by Motley Crew. That was
1: great. And
0: I think that was a great choice because it completely fits their attitude, fits what they're doing. I mean, you think of Kickstart, Kickstart My Heart, and it's. Exactly what they're going for, you know that attitude, and they pull it off great. Yeah, you know I don't want to, I don't want to make obvious comparisons, but I've got to, you know, like Joan Jett, because even <laughs> though she doesn't technically sound like Joan Jett, it's you know everything about Joan Jett, you know, is that in-your-face, balls-out, rock and roll, rock star attitude. Oh yeah. On stage, and that's exactly what Boxy had, and what this whole band has.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a just a perfect package, and I mean I gotta think this is gonna take them places.
0: Great stuff. This is from their their EP called "The Best Revenge," that just came out a couple weeks ago, mid May. Pick this up at their website, Moxie and the Influence. They've got other stuff for sale on there as well, and of course they're on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. And they're from California, and they you can catch them out there. And I'm sure soon enough you'll be able to catch them all over the place. I can't imagine that you wouldn't be able to. Exactly. So after we, <clears throat> excuse me, losing my voice after. <laughs> five or six days being out there yeah right? no kidding after we saw moxie we saw 3d in your face yeah and it's another band that we were able to record an interview with a couple of the members out there which is a great one looking forward to getting that one out for you and i don't i don't know this exceeded my expectations yeah it really did because we had played a couple of their songs prior on a couple of different episodes because we're big fans of what we had heard from them. And so this is one I was really looking forward to just because of, like I said, what we had heard. We knew it was good stuff. We both liked it. And then they came out there guns blazing and
1: just tore that place apart. Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, there's there's definitely something in the air. People were going nuts. I mean, and these guys played their asses off. Uh, the bass player got down in the crowd and i mean there's just so much energy uh i mean if if you know if you if you like you know uh that 80s style rock i mean this is your band i mean it has to be
0: yeah and it's like there's so much there's so many different elements from the 80s style too it's yeah. not just one thing yeah it's not just you can compare them to one band you can compare them to like 20 different bands yeah. from the era and they do it all so well yeah you know, like in that interview, you know the the guitarist is real into you know Van Halen and stuff like that, and he's got the chops to to show that. Oh yeah, he does. But then, <laughs> but then they got the total sleaze going on too. You know the the bass player is really into you know punk attitude, and the yeah. song he sang was full of that. Oh yeah. And <laughs> you know the singer of the band's phenomenal, excellent vocalist. Drummer's great as well, and it's just everything about this band totally encapsulates that era and does it amazingly well
1: yes they do we've uh, said that
0: before and now seen them live yeah
1: i mean it was it was even better live yeah
0: yeah i can't can't wait to get that interview out to you here in the next couple weeks sometime
1: yeah that's going to be a good one yeah it's
0: that was a fun one just regardless because those you know those two guys are kind of kindred spirits in the The style of music that they liked and we liked, getting even deep as far as like talking about Union with Bruce Kulick and Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: we could have talked bands with these guys for hours, you know. Yeah. Well, I think
0: this is going to sound bad, (laughs) but we saw other bands here and there that that night, but we did not catch another full performance of anybody. One I did catch, I know that you didn't. At the end of the night at Axis, I was. Really, oh, even, that's right. Even the Dogs was one of the bands I really wanted to see because I hadn't been able to see them yet, even though they're from our area. Our good, we didn't mention Michael Thrasher yet. Our good buddy Michael Thrasher, who we've been friends with since we were like little kids. I'm that's talking right. In first grade.
1: Well, he was on like episode four.
0: That's right. Go. That's way back. We did the our Guns and Roses. Just talking about Guns and Roses. Yes.
1: Yeah, go listen to that.
0: Yeah. And he was out there working, so you know we hung out with him a ton of times and. Um, he took me and Tracy down there, and we, you know, caught, you know, the second half of even the dog set, and you know, these guys sound as great as they do on on record. Yeah, I was very happy that I got to see some of
1: that. Cool, cool.
0: But prior to that, we went down and hung out with Sprout for a little bit because he invited us over to Camp Zombie in the GA campgrounds where he was, or was actually the the artist campgrounds behind Axis, yeah, where he was camping and. We ran into Derek and Chris from Severmine, talked to them for a couple minutes. And then, you know, we just hung out with Sprout, you know, and it was a great time to just be able to talk about Screaming Red Mutiny and what was going on and just other random stuff about the festival. Exactly. That was for a little while Thursday evening. And then we got back down to, you know, our campgrounds and hung out with the usual people like Kevin Graham and all the people we mentioned earlier. And then, of course, Sam Mackey is another one to throw out there. Yeah, definitely. One of, one of Kevin's great friends, who's become a friend of ours thanks to Rocklahoma. and that dude, that dude knows how to party. I tell you that. <laughs> yes, if he there's does. anyone out there that does, it's him. You, every time you turn around, he's walking by, going somewhere else. He, he probably doesn't have a schedule either, but he is everywhere he needs to be. So. That's
1: right. <laughs> Props
0: to him for that for sure. And anyway, I don't know if there's anything from Thursday I'm forgetting. I'm sure there is, but we can bring it up another day, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Friday was the first day of the actual Rocklahoma event Inside the Grounds. And the first band that kicked it off, was it Wilson? Or were they second? I don't know. I mean, we second saw... Second on the side
1: stage. Well, yeah, we saw Wilson.
0: Well, regardless, let's just talk about Wilson then. we I'd heard one or two songs on Sirius, and I liked them, so I wanted to get over there and see him. Yeah. And... This, yeah, their whole performance is great. Just straight up groove, you know. It kind of in the vein of like a clutch or something, but a little more accessible. Yeah. You know, a little more radio friendly, I guess, than cr- clutch, but not so much radio friendly that is generic at all. These guys just yeah. had this total, you know, rock and roll groove and attitude thing. You know that you can.
1: I think they're from Michigan, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had never heard of single song from them i'd heard the name and i just you know i'd seen like who they were you know who they tour with or what festivals they were on and i just thought it was probably some kind of radio rock thing but they were they were more than that i mean uh you know they could shred i mean they had they had a lot more power than you know the usual fare i was impressed
0: like at the end of the performance the singer crawls down into the crowd with uh yeah mark, with the Bass drum from a marching band strapped to his yeah. shoulders plays it, and then jumps on top of the crowd. And I, <laughs> I got a couple pic- good pictures. I think him on top of the crowd, but not with that drone. But so that's always cool when you see something a little unique like that. Yeah. And then Bang Tango was the first band to kick off the main stage. Yeah. And I don't. They haven't been there since the f- like first or second yeah, year. Yeah. No or, kidding. You know. And. Bang Tango is another one of those bands that, you know, they're from the era that I never got too deep into, but always dug what I heard. And we talked about this before. We're both massive fans of Beautiful Creatures, which was the project that Joe Leste did after. Yeah. Bang, or but when Bang Tango was on hiatus, I guess. But anyway, I got down there and, you know, they, they rocked it. I mean, they, yeah. they sounded great. You know, I don't... Like I said, I don't know enough about him to know if there are other original members besides him. But, you know, the band sounded great and they they fit right in, you know, with everything else that was going on. So yeah. it wasn't like it was out of place or anything. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in the newer stuff that didn't know who they were because they weren't massive back in the day. Yeah. But anybody from our time period knows them. Oh, yeah, definitely. And another interesting thing to point out, I was wearing my John Krabbe is my crew t-shirt. <laughs> and I got down there and I walked up. Got pretty close to the front. I think it was one person in front of me. He walks over on the stage and is singing and saw my shirt and pointed and started laughing and missed, <laughs> missed two or three words in the song there. So I thought that, yes. was, thought that was cool. All because of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Friday is the, I think Friday is the only day where I liked every single band on any stage. Yeah. Like, cause I liked every single band on the main stage. I mean, not. I mean, knowing that beforehand, going <laughs> in, that's a where I liked every band.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: and one of those bands, Pop Evil, and I know you're not, you don't really carry the way, but I, I caught like half their set just because I wanted to be able to see them. I've seen them several times. Yeah, you know they sounded good, but there's not much to say other than I mean, if you like them, they're a great live band. They sound good. the The new drummer. Fits the same spirit as the, the previous drummer Yeah. I know you talked about on the preview. Well, that's you, good. Yeah, I mean, she's full of, full of energy standing up a lot and,
1: you know, all over the place. Yeah, so. well, they need that.
0: Yeah. And then 6 a.m. Yeah. This is w- definitely one of my highlights because it lived up to everything I hoped it would. I was a huge fan of their first two albums, and they rarely ever played shows back then. If they did, it was like once a year. Yeah, because you know he stated it was never going to be a live band, but I guess once Motley Crue came to an end, they decided this was going to be a full time deal. Yeah, and so now they're out touring the past year or two, and they definitely bring it live. I mean, you've got you know veterans of the scene with DJ Ashba and obviously Nikki Six. Yeah, you know who are out there bringing it, both excellent at what they do. James Michael sounds as as flawless live as he does on record. Like I said in the preview, it was amazing to be able to see Nikki Six on stage with someone that knows how to sing in a live <laughs> setting. And yes. they pulled it off. Well good, good. So I was very happy with that. I got up. That was one of the bands I, you know, I had pit passes this year and I was able to get up really close <sighs> for I like think maybe one or two people in front of me. So yeah. it was cool to see Nikki Six and that. In that setting, like that, you know. Oh, I bet, I bet. So, shortly after this, I believe was Megadeth. Yeah, and we we both knew going in this was going to be one of our highlights because if you've listened to this podcast, you know <laughs> they're one of our favorites uh, our whole life. Oh yeah, I mean, and when they played Rocklahoma a few years ago, the sound was a little off. It was still a good performance, but it. It was one of the less memorable we've ever seen from them. Yeah, but this one I think would count as one of the most memorable we've ever seen from them.
1: Oh, I I think so. I mean, I think I don't know. They were just on, and you know, it's these festivals, and they're gonna have just a set that's hits, you know. Uh, but it did, you know, and, and you know, we, you know, we're we're nerds for this band, so we always like <laughs> the deeper cuts. But it didn't matter. I mean, they were so on, and uh, you know. I mean, it just, uh, it just clicked and it was, you know, everybody in the crowd was into it. Uh, you know, they all looked happy to be there. I mean, it was just, uh, it was such a fun set. And, um, you know, I liked, like I mentioned to you, I like the way, I like the way they closed their set. I, I, they've always done it like that with the, you know, the backing music and they're talking and, you know and the, the bow and i i just it gives such a grand feel to everything uh and um i mean i just it was they're one of my favorite bands and they just i mean they just brought it hardcore
0: yeah. the you know he sounded he sounded amazing vocally and the set list was on point i mean yeah. that's another one of those bands that if if dave you know walked up to me and said here make the set list it's going to be totally different than yeah. <laughs> what the majority of the crowd wants to hear That's right. or what they're going to play. But you can't complain because everything they do is great. Yeah. And they book in the show with two classic Rust in Peace songs yeah. with Hangar 18 and Holy Wars. And that works. Which is awesome. Totally, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, it's great when a band could come out guns blazing with a, a song as iconic as Hangar 18. Yeah. And then still finish the set with something else. iconic. Exactly. And right in the middle <laughs> where their two biggest hits, you know, yeah. with, Sweating bullets and symphony symphony and then of course yeah. peace
1: cells which is another classic yeah and they and they threw in three, three new songs
0: yeah and then if you haven't heard the new album all you know the whole thing's great yeah and the songs they're playing dystopia the threat is real and when i forget fatal illusion fatal illusion all three of those are great come off amazing live yeah
1: you know kiko was phenomenal and then and they had dirt Verbeeren from soil work on drums yeah and he he nailed it all, and uh, that's the closest I've ever gotten to see soil work. Damn it!
0: <laughs> One day maybe you will I be know. fortunate enough. One day. <laughs> I saw him at the Chameleon Ballroom when that was still open, and it was that's insane. It was a highlight of my life. I bet. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> then we had the sword on the side stage. Yeah, and just to, <clears throat> I mean I don't know how to put that into words, you know. We had, we mentioned this before, we had Kyle Shutt from The Sword on many episodes back. Last time they played in Tulsa. Yeah. This is just a phenomenal live band. A phenomenal band that I think still a lot of people out there probably didn't know. Yeah. I mean, and I hope that they gain some new fans. It's, you know, a little different than what was going on with most of the bands out there. But, you know, they have that, their older stuff has that stonery feel. Their newer stuff has that classic 70s feel. And they're just... Just an unbelievable band that, you know, I hope keeps, you know, picking up steam and keeps getting a little bigger. Oh, yeah. It
1: was great to see them. And, you know, again, their, their new album, High Country, is just fucking badass. And they threw in several songs. Yeah, for that. they did. They it was great. Yeah. yeah.
0: So definitely look into The Sword mm. if you're not familiar with them and you like some some hard rock. You'll you'll yeah. totally dig these guys. Yeah. They're just a great band to chill out to, you know, drink some beers. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you saw Five Star Hooker somewhere in here. Yes, right?
1: yes I did, and uh, I was pretty impressed. It was just something I just kind of rolled upon. I wasn't really looking for, you know, it just I walked by and they caught my eye, so I watched them there at the retrospect stage. Uh, good just, you know, slamming, uh, just hard rock, uh, you know, just a good, They they would have worked well in the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, just hard rock thing, you know. Um, you know, they had hooks, uh, some great solos, uh, so definitely check them out if you can. I know they're from uh, Florida, I believe, uh, and yeah, it was great to get to see them. That was a surprise.
0: And the name's pretty great. Yes, it? that is
1: a great fucking name. <laughs> yeah,
0: you won't forget it anytime <laughs> soon, which is good. That's what you need in a band name. Yes. Well,
1: um Rob Zombie. Oh, shit. Rob <laughs> Zombie... Freaking ruled. I mean, you've got the you've got the stage show going on, of course. But you know, the showmanship of all four of these guys. You know, Zombie is just a monster uh, on stage. You know, uh, literally and figuratively, uh, he <laughs> sounds great. He moves great. Uh, <clears throat> each each band member has their own thing going on. You know, Piggy D looks awesome. John Five. I mean. I don't know. I mean, it, and you know every song and I mean it's just uh I mean it, it was so it was so bombastic and it was everything you want one of these big festival sets to have. Yeah. I mean, it was just such a fun time and you know, it's heavy, you know, and it's dark, but it keeps the party going at at the same time. You know, there's never, you know, you it's always happy in a way, you know, if if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, and, and again, I gotta say, I, I love his stance on cameras and videoing. And I love that he's just like, just so open about, Hey, this shit is sucking my soul out. Quit filming. Turn your phones off. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I just, I, I'm so behind that and I'm glad he did all that. So yeah, I can't, I can't say enough about how good Rob Zombie was, dude.
0: Yeah. I, I, I've always been a huge fan of him, you know, since since I first heard White Zombie yeah. with Black Sunshine and Thunder Kiss on whenever that was on Headbanger's Ball. Yeah. Then I saw White Zombie open for Pantera in 92 and it was awesome. Yeah. And so I've been a big fan ever since. And I mentioned this before over the last few years. I just kind of my interest died down a little, not because it was bad, just because, you know, I had other stuff I was into. Yeah. And I've always liked him, but I just wasn't as gung-ho about it, but yeah. this new album came out a month or two ago, and it really reinvigorated how much I love this guy, because yeah. it was just so, kind of what you described, you know, kick-ass, you know, party rock and roll metal, <laughs> you know, and it was, it really got me excited about this, and it really, like you said, lived up to all that as well. Yeah. And you, you don't see too many people that are that heavy that it feels like a party.
1: Yeah, I know, exactly. Exactly.
0: You know, all the stuff on stage is, you know, you know, zombies and monsters and ghouls and whatever. But it's all always been in the whole campy old school way exactly. to where it's fun. You know, so it's not like, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, evil and scary like it's King Diamond or something. <laughs> and he does just such a great job at getting the crowd going no matter what. He's so into it. You know, he's all over the place. And he's just everything you want a performer to be. And another thing to point out with the phones that you mentioned was, you know, he said, like he said, he went on a spill. Most people went down for a little while. There was always a few random people still taking yeah. pictures or video or whatever. But then he got to a point where he kind of did a tribute to Ben and Cody. Yes. Who were the the two young guys that unfortunately lost their lives last year. If you don't know that story, just Google Ben and Cody Rocklomo. You'll find it. Oh, yeah. You know, it was very unfortunate they left during the storms and didn't make it. And one of them, I believe it was Cody, was a huge, Rob Zombie was his favorite artist. And Rob Zombie, you know, posted about it last year during the search for him, which was really awesome. And so he, I guess he made it a point this year to point out, you know, let's pay respect to these guys. And he said, everybody put your damn phones down and pay respect. And everybody did, which is good. I mean, when I looked around, I didn't see anybody. Yeah. And you know, it was it was cool because it wasn't like your normal. When someone, when an artist does that, it's like here, let's pay respect, and that's they say five words about it and go yeah, on. I mean, it. he went on like a two minute spiel about it. He had walked through the crowd and found two posters someone had made with each of their pictures <laughs> on it. Yeah. You know, held them up and said which one was which, and talked about when he met Cody. Said he remembered it and everything, and then. You know, he set the two pictures down in front of his, his, one of his risers yeah. that had the, you know, the, all the digital images going on in front of it. And, you know, the whole time he was doing a spill, John Five was playing the riff to Thunder Kiss 65, which, you know, was one of those iconic riffs. Yeah. And, you know, to hear it go on for two minutes is badass, you know. <laughs> and, you know, he's talking about, talking about these two guys and, you know, and everybody, you know, you know, it just kind of gives you goosebumps, you know. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. It was such an, a huge moment, and I know that you know Ben had family there because I'd seen his <clears throat> excuse me seen his sister posting in the Rock Afrika group. Yeah. So you know that's got to mean the world to them. Oh yeah, definitely. And
1: <clears throat> I, I, so I'm, go look that up. I'm sure it's on YouTube by now. Oh yeah, I bet the the tears are flowing. You know.
0: Yeah. And yeah. then he said, "Let's for the next three and a half minutes, let's you know make these guys proud." And they played Thunder Kiss '65. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's great. Yep, and like we said, just a phenomenal show. You've, if you're listening to this show, you've probably seen Rob Zombie by now. But if at, you know throughout his career, but if you haven't, make yourself a point to do it. Oh yeah, I it's mean, it's like the crew or <clears throat> stein or something. Even if you're not huge into the music, you're gonna walk away saying, "I saw something badass" because it's such a huge stage show. You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, yes, his music is great. Don't get me wrong, but. You have to see this guy live. I mean, you have to. Yeah. And he's playing
0: Riot Fest later this year, and they're performing Astro Creep 2000 in its entirety.
1: Yeah. Which I would just, like, love to see. Yeah. Dude, I wore that that CD out back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Probably not well, as much as you and Thrasher, but I
0: did. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, um, next up was Last in Line. Oh, man. Um, and this was probably, if you had asked me beforehand, which I think we talked about on the preview, that's, besides the Scorpion, just because they're such a huge thing in my life, Last in Line was what I was looking forward to the most, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean. And, of anything. And, and yeah, I, I mean, just to to see, uh, I mean, this is the closest to Dio we're ever going to get. And to yeah. see it was, and to see it so up close was just amazing. I mean, they nailed all the songs. <clears throat> they played a new song. Uh, I mean, two new songs. Yeah. And it was so cool to see, uh, Vivian Campbell, you know, just soloing his ass off again. Uh, you know, cause and I think right there in your face. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, it was just, it was, it was great. It was great.
0: Yeah. yeah. We got over there, you know, cause we made sure we saw Rob Zombie got over there. So we didn't, weren't able to get super close, but our friend Sean had sent me a text and he said, I'm first in line to see last in line. <laughs> like, cause he was like literally like two people in front of him. Yes. And then candy came out and found us and drug us up there. Yeah. You know, so we got extremely close and like you said, Andrew Freeman, you know, did everything complete justice vocally. Yeah. That's you know, right. He's, he's got the same vein of vocals, but still his own thing going on. And it was, you know, they played tons of classic Dio songs. They opened with, the devil and me and they played star maker towards the end and dedicated it to jimmy Bain. yeah and then of course you know last in line rainbow of the dark holy diver we rock um stand up and shout yeah uh straight through the heart which is yeah. a
1: surprise yeah that was insane
0: it was kind of i was i was expecting actually probably half new songs and half dio songs yeah but maybe they just knew, hey, this is a festival. Yeah, they, Let's just crank out the deal hits, and the crowd goes nuts. And yeah, they did. And, they, and
1: yeah, they fucking did. You know, everybody around
0: <laughs> us was singing every word to every song, and it was just a, a cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And so, totally glad because that, that's the type of band
1: that not everybody's going to get to see because they're yeah. not going to be heavy touring ever, probably. Yeah, and they're they're not doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. So to see that, I mean, we're super lucky.
0: Yeah. Because even if they do another album, they're just going to have to fit everything between Def Leppard's schedule. Yeah, exactly. You know, so
1: it's... Which is always heavy.
0: Yeah. So quite an honor to be able to experience that. And that's definitely in my top... If I made a top five, which would be hard, but I'm sure (laughs) that would be in there. Yeah. (laughs) Finished off the night with Disturbed out there. And this was all me. All you. I know you're not a fan. Take it away, buddy. But I've been a fan, you know, since they came out. And... I've seen them before and this is a great they're a great live band. They sound great. They have a you know great stage show and you know there's fire flying everywhere and I mean it was constant. It wasn't like every once in a while. It was like every song had fire shooting out almost. Yeah. And then you know they played a good you know a hit set, you know of the radio singles you know. They did a like a 10 minute long cover medley which was cool. I know some people would rather, you know, I a lot of times I see bands I like and would rather see two more of their own songs, but it was pretty cool because it was a good mixture of stuff with mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machine, U2, and The Who. Yeah. And during U2, James Michael from 6 a.m. came out and sang, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For with David Draymond. And then next up was Bob O'Reilly and Nikki Six came out and played. Mm, that's awesome. You know, so they had both bass players up there playing that. And. You know, they did all the songs justice. You know, it's kinda hard to imagine David Draymond singing that stuff, but you know, he's he's got a good voice, it's even if it's not in those style yeah of vocals, so he can pull it off. But my only complaint is they're great, they sound great, but after watching Rob Zombie, it's you <laughs> there's no comparison because yeah. it's like even though they sound great, it's like David Draymond it's just more of your serious kind of, you know, walking around singing he's yeah. putting on a good performance, but they're not putting on
1: a show. That's right.
0: Which you don't always need, but you can't follow Rob Zombie and not do something memorable. <laughs> yeah, <know?
1: laughs> I really think he should have been the headliner.
0: Yeah. I just when when they announced it, I thought it would be Disturbed one night and Rob Zombie another night since yeah. their tour wasn't continuing after this. Yeah. But maybe you know, of course, Rob Zombie probably didn't want a two or three day break in there. Yeah, exactly. But I personally think Rob Zombie should have been headlining instead of Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, obviously. But no need to get into that. <laughs> right now. And that, that pretty much wraps up the show part of Friday. Yeah. You know, we got out and I know we saw some, you know, some after party bands here and there, but we didn't catch any full sets. And we, of course, you know, hung out with all the people we've mentioned and more. Yep. You know, we we met a lot of, you know, people through this Rock of Frickin' Homa group as well. Tim Pipkins was one of them. Valerie Hill, Miss Rocklahoma 2015. Yep. Kevin Graham brought her by and introduced us to us. And I saw her many more times throughout the weekend. She was totally cool and totally deserving of that title. True rock and roll spirit, you know, not just a pretty face like some of these people are. <laughs> and, you know... Chris Kopp was another guy we met. He came by and bought t-shirts. Yes. We had, we had several people do that, so much respect to that. And if you want a t-shirt, thethoneunderground at gmail.com or Let Facebook. Us know. Message yep. us, and I'll, we'll get it sent out to you. All right, we got into Saturday like normal normal shenanigans leading up to the gate opening. And then once the gate opened, we got some wild thrown.
1: Yeah, what do you think of them?
0: Yeah, this was another one that I was looking forward to ahead of time. Yeah. And they completely lived up to the hype in my head. And just a f- unbelievable band, you know. It's just completely different than everything else going on this weekend. Uh, definitely. And they delivered 100%. That three-piece making that sound is crazy in yeah. itself. And it's kind of another, it's one that's hard to hard to explain but you had a good a good description recently I sure did
1: yeah I, I thought Wild Throne sounded like if at the drive-in and uh, Enforcer fucked <laughs> this is what you would have yeah um, I, I think live if that took on a little bit different of a thing on, on record that's what I really thought but they seemed a little bit more themselves, or uh, I don't know if that's a good way of putting it. <clears throat> it seemed a little bit more original live, uh, you know. And um, I really liked how he, the singer slash guitar player, he you know would manipulate his electronics a lot, like his pedals and stuff, and for weird sounds and different feels, and. Uh, you know, it's kind of like we and we talked to our buddy Trevor. Yeah. After afterwards, afterwards, yeah, yeah uh, we we got to mention him. Yeah. Um, uh, we love that guy, and uh, he he kind of had the same word I used was kind of an avant-garde metal. Yeah. You know, and it was funny that we both kind of said it almost at the same time, <laughs> and uh, they really do. It's like if you know, think about your, you know, your faith no mores, and you're at the drive-ins. But maybe just a little heavier uh,
0: Mastodon, but a little lighter Yeah, yeah, exactly
1: That's that's a good way, of, right there That's a yeah. great way of putting it So, I mean, they were just, they were completely original I mean, so uh, It was just, uh, really glad that we It was a good decision to go see them And the singer was drinking hands Which is amazing right. Because that's the kind of cheap beer I love so, so you had a man crush develop right there, right? Bam, exactly yeah.
0: But another thing Trevor pointed out when we were talking to him after was he said, "You know he was up front, you know on the rail, and he's like, you know you're watching a band and you're just like grooving and yeah, you know nodding your head, banging your head, throwing your fists, but he's like, it was so hard to do because of their time changes that you didn't want to you didn't want to look stupid, you know, yeah. banging your head at the wrong speed or something. Yeah, that's so right. You just kind of paying more attention to the music or what they're yeah. doing than you normally might, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly."
0: But yeah, that's definitely one I would just, you know, that I could tell you their sounds not going to be for everybody, but they they're definitely worth checking out. And if you're into like all the bands Jason mentioned, or System of a Down's another one that he kind of falls yeah. along the lines of vocally at times. Yeah. You know that if you're into faking the More, out to driving any of that stuff, and you like some heavier rock and roll, you're gonna you're probably gonna dig these guys. Yeah, their, their this album is. Your is thing. Their albums is great from start to finish, and it definitely worth checking out. Um, so, who did we, who did we have after them? I don't know if we're, if this is going to be in order, but it doesn't really matter. Seven Dust, Seven Dust was probably the next band. Yeah, because I think they were at like four forty-five or something. Okay. Yeah, on the main stage. Yeah. And fortunately, like I said, I had pit passes, and I was. This is one of the ones I was fortunate enough to get clear up to the rail for. Ah, uh, bet. So I had front row. For one of the bands that, you know, has been a favorite of mine since 97, when their first album came out. Yeah. And here we are almost 20 years later. A consistent band when it comes to albums. Even more consistent when it comes to live. I can't stress this enough. You know, they're on a bill with the Scorpions and Last in Line and, you know, these phenomenal live acts. And they belong...
1: At the level of those bands. Yeah, I know. And that. Well, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was going to say Lejon Witherspoon. I'm going to say this again about Jamie Josta but LeJean Witherspoon is one of the most underrated frontmen in the history of rock and roll. Yeah, he is. You and know, because that voice is phenomenal and he just, he's, you know, nonstop in the middle of songs, in between every song. He gets the crowd pumped and going. You look around, even if people aren't singing the words, they're rocking out and having a great time. And yeah. That's exactly what you need.
1: From a front man. Yeah, all eyes are on him. And I mean, I, you know, kind of like what, what you were kind of alluding to a minute ago, I think it was kind of horseshit that they were on at 445 right. in the afternoon. They should have been uh, a little bit higher on that bill. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they, they sounded perfect. You know, they all, they all just nailed it, nailed their parts. I mean, and what I thought was fun about their set was, uh, you know, they they kind of took a couple of their usual songs and just said, nope. And they, you know, they, they made a pretty unique set with... Uh,
0: yeah, there was no Black or No Denial. Yeah, which was, yeah. Which is, you know, hey, that's no fine bitch. with us. We've seen him a bunch of times, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was a great
0: set list, you know. It had a couple new tracks and some other
1: great ones. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, and I hadn't seen him in like six years, so I was just... So glad they were finally back. Yeah, they're just one of those
0: bands that, not just Lejeune. I mean, the whole band has never got the to the level that they should be. Yeah, because they're so much better than tons of bands that are more successful than them. Yeah, and you know they always got kind of lumped into that new metal thing, even though they never really had that sound.
1: No, they didn't. And you know they never had they never had rapping. They never had a DJ. It, it was it was just good, chunky, just, you know, just metal and uh, modern, you know, modern metal for when they came out. And, you know, I think that, you know, Clint Lowry and John Connolly, I think, uh, you know, they they should be up there with, you know, like, you know, Ace and Malcolm and, 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 you know, Joe Perry and Brad Whitford. I mean, uh, those guys are underrated players and, you know, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know why, you know, they're not you know, on the cover of guitar magazines, you know, but, I mean, th- they should be, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't can't say enough about how... I. You know, I went into it really excited to see them, but I've seen them so many times, and I love them so much that I wasn't... It wasn't like a Last in Line or even a Wild Throne or something where I was, like, extremely young-ho about it because I hadn't seen those bands before. Yeah. But Seven Dust just confirmed to me why I love them so much and yeah. it was easily one of my you know top five highlights
1: no kidding no you know, kidding
0: you can't there was very few bands out there that were
1: better than them live if yeah. anyone was they were equal you know yeah you know I thought uh, <laughs> you know as we mentioned before our buddy Mike Thrasher worked there and you know and they're allowed to go see if they want to go see a band they can take 45 minutes off and go see a band or whatever and yeah uh, <clears throat> So, when I was on my way to my seat, I saw him back by the sound booth watching him. And I was like, motherfucker, come up to my seat. We're watching Seven Dust. And, uh, because, you know, uh, thanks to you, me and Maggie had pretty good seats this year. And we were up pretty close. And, you know, it's like, the, I think when was the last time me and Mike Thrasher watched a band together? It was at least ten years or something. Right. So, that was, that was awesome, you know. Uh, so, yeah, just, uh. You know, another memory made, Seven Dust was great. Definitely. Can't wait to see him again in a
0: headline capacity where we can get a full on show. Because yeah, yeah. that was, what, seven, six, seven songs maybe? Yeah. Well, I think probably next up might have been Devil Driver. Yeah. And this was another one of my ones I was definitely looking forward to because my bucket list of who I haven't seen winding down pretty low. And they're one of the ones on there because even though I've loved them since that first album came out like 15 years ago, just something happened. Every time they came around, I was either gone, out of town, had something else going on, just missed it for some reason. Yeah. So this was my first opportunity to ever see this band live. And I've seen Des live, you know, a few times with Cold Chamber, so I know the guy brings it. But this band is just even better, more intense, more metal. And... You know, they had a really good crowd, which I was really happy about. They picked up a lot of steam recently, I think. Probably, like I mentioned to you, probably thanks to Longevity. I know Jamie Josta supports them. They're on tour with him.
2: Yeah,
0: That probably helps some. And don't my only complaint about their set was, for some reason, that the sound levels seemed lower yeah. than Hatebreed and some other bands on that stage.
1: That it, might, that it, might not have been their fault. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. know it
0: wasn't. No one's gonna say, "Hey, turn us down." You mm-hmm. know, ask Sebastian Bach. You know, and we'll <laughs> but, get into that yeah. in a minute. But uh, he, You know, they they sounded great, but it's just when you're outside and your sound's not high enough, it, there's the intensity is lost. Yeah, and you know they they did a great set list. They pretty much stuck to all the singles they've ever released you know and the the songs they're most known for you yeah. know I Could Care Less Clouds Over California uh, the new one Daybreak they yeah. didn't play Dead to Rights I don't think which I love but you know hey they had a 35 minute set you know yeah, exactly. they're only gonna play 6 songs but yeah. they you know he sounded great live the band sounds great I don't know if anybody's even left from the original band besides him yeah, but it doesn't matter that's one of those bands like Megadeth or White Snake, or where it's his band.
1: And yeah, and that's, yeah. It's, it's not going to be a band if he decides to quit it, that kind of thing. So yeah, As long as he's there, it's a devil driver. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, and, I, I, you know, I was glad that Rocklahoma was really, you know, bringing some heavy stuff. Uh, you know, I, I like that. And, you know, I, I like the fact that uh, this is kind of a uh, side note, but, you know, they opened their opening track their intro track was Leuven Brothers Satan is Real
2: That's right.
1: And you know, I've said that for years. I'm like some band needs to use that for their intro track cuz that is just badass. And finally when when I heard it I was like, finally somebody did it. Yeah. Somebody got it. And so that was really cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, though. That's how Hank three straight to hell opens, mm-hmm. which is great, and that's what's
0: great about it, is it fits with Hank three and it fits with Deviljoy. That's right, because <laughs> Satan is real. <laughs> well, I think the next band would have been Collective Soul on the main stage. The what do you yeah, think? no, it was Hatebreed then Collective Soul. Okay, so we must have missed whoever was next on the main stage. Pod maybe. maybe I don't yeah. know. Well, I don't remember exactly. Well, let's just talk about Hey then. Yes. They, they
1: were on... Keep the heavy going.
0: Yeah, they were on the side stage. What do you say other than we got exactly what we knew we'd get? We've seen them live several times. You know, they're one of those bands that, you know, in the last few years, they've got more known, so that makes you a little more polarizing if you're not, you know... I don't know how to explain it, but, you know... He's not your typical vocalist, you know. No. He's, he's just—he's a yeller, but that's what he is. It's hardcore, and there, there's—you can't think of really any other hardcore band that's ever got as much attention mainstream as Hatebreed has. You know, there's been ones that had some success here and there, but not to the level of Hatebreed, I'm thinking. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, there haven't. And I think that two things that that you know help that out. <clears throat> is their hooks and hard work. Oh, yeah. And this band works their ass off, and it shows, and it pays, and they just keep getting bigger. They keep getting more opportunities. Uh Jamie Josta is, uh, you know, there's people that know who Jamie Josta is that don't know who Hatebreed is. Right. And, you know, that helps that whole thing out, really, because when they find out who he is, they're like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. And so... uh and that just, you know, it just takes them further, and they put on a great set. I mean, the crowd was insane, and, uh, you know, Josta can, he can, he he is a front man, you know, and I know you know that.
0: Oh, yeah. Like I mentioned with Lejean, I think even though people know who Josta is, like you said, not everybody follows hate breeds, so it's like, this guy's just totally underrated in the way he controls an audience. Yeah, and they played one of the first songs they played was, kind um, of just drew a blank. The new, the new track, the new single. Looking down the barrel yeah. today. Yeah, but and you look around and not just me or you, because we love these guys and love that new album. Half the crowd's singing along to a song that's been out for a week and a half. I know. Or two I mean, weeks.
1: What does that tell you? Yeah, and then he got to that you know? point where,
0: towards the end, where it's just his vocals and he had the crowd sing it, you know, the whole place sang it just like it was a Def Leppard that's song, you know? That's right. And you you can't, you know, that's something that you can't uh, say enough about. Yeah. That people are passionate about this band, even though there's a lot of people that don't like them, there's tons of people that do, and they've, they've made a formula and they've made it work. He calls it "Caveman Rock" or cave whatever, and <laughs> just let a caveman live. Yeah, and <laughs> they're very much in a vein of ACDC, dc I think, where you know what you're going to get. The riffs are there, always on point.
1: You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and, and kind of going back to you know Josta and 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 their what they're known for and how they've gotten you know bigger and bigger. People like Eddie Trunk. Who has you know said before this kind of stuff is not my thing, you know uh, I'm I'm not into the growling I'm not into the screaming, but you know he's had Josta on a show he loves Jamie Josta and he likes Hatebreed because he recognizes you know the hard work and he recognizes you know the the nod they give to everybody else and just uh, so that 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 goes a long way and that shows you you know how far out they're reaching
0: yeah. Yeah, and you can't stress that hard work thing enough. He's just like a Henry Rollins or a Nikki Six, yeah. where it's like, yeah, exactly. He's all over all facets of media, you know, thanks to, you know, being on TV or thanks to his podcast or thanks to, you know, writing or thanks to the music. Yeah. You know, you can't turn around if you're into heavy stuff without seeing Nikki Six, seeing Jamie Josta. And there's a reason Motley Crue was so successful. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason Hate is here 20 years later as a hardcore band
1: yeah and they're still going to be around for a while I know they will
0: yeah and there's no like I said you don't see that from bands of genres like that you know so it's extremely impressive you know and just just a band I've always loved and always loved to see live because you know they bring it well speaking of bringing it Collective Soul yeah and love these guys since they came out I haven't seen seen them live in quite a while I haven't either I think I'd seen it more recently, you, but even that's been ten years probably. Mm-hmm. And they, this to me was probably the biggest surprise highlight of the whole thing because even though I've always liked their music, I've always knew they were a great live band. Mm-hmm. It just for some reason just floored me because the the second the guitarist, I don't, so I should have looked up his name. There's one of the guitarists is Roland. I forgot his first name. Dean. <laughs> Dean, Dean Roland. Roland. Then there's the other guy. And he he had some solos, and he had one solo in the middle there that was about two or three minutes long that just shocked me, you know, how yeah. phenomenal this guy was. I mean, we're talking guitar great, you know, Rudolph Schenker yeah. later on in the <laughs> evening, you know, yeah. phenomenal. You know, and I was just like, you know, his it was, it was finger tapping and playing over, however you call that it, when it's over the top on the frets and just all over the place. And he had, you know, everybody down there as soon as he finished that it got as big a cheer as, you know, December or, or <laughs> Shine did, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And then the whole crowd's singing along to, you know, because most, Collective Soul is one of those bands where I imagine that there's probably people out there in the crowd that don't follow stuff as closely as we do. That yeah. are like, man, I think I remember, they remember December or Jell or something, or Shine. And like, I don't, that's all I know. But I yeah. guarantee you that every song that came up, they're like, Oh, I remember that. I yeah. remember that. Oh, it's yeah. like you going to, to yeah, see Bon Jovi to. or Def Leppard or something where every yeah. single song was a radio hit. You know, they played heavy and they played the world I know. And they had, they have 10 more radio songs that that were huge hits that they didn't play. Yeah, you know, exactly. And that's how, I think, big this band was. People forgot how many huge hits Collective Soul had. Yeah, that's right. So it was just really cool to, to see them fit in well. They're... You know, they had the two slower songs, but the the heavier stuff had a real, the guitars had a real crunch to it, so it, they didn't seem out of place. Like, when you see them on the bill, they look out of place. Yeah, a little bit. But they completely made it fit in, and so that's kudos to them. I'm sure that maybe they, they knew that, you know, they're playing
1: right before, after Hatebreed, you know, (laughs) earlier than
0: Scorpions, so they needed to bring something, some heavy, you know, and they did it.
1: They needed to have some energy, and you know, uh, I'll just say um, that's what we do. We can talk about hate breed, and then go right to collective soul. Exactly. That's what's up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we love it all <laughs> if it's good. If it's not five, I'm, no,
1: I won't say it. Okay. Oh, no. uh, here comes the hate mail. No.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of massive hits all over the place, it was three doors down. Yeah, and I was I was looking forward to it, but I, I don't even remember what I was doing. I had something I ran back to do, and I just I missed their set. But I know you made a point to see it. Yeah, so let's hear what.
1: Yeah, I mean, I and I thought it was great. I mean, I, they're pretty. They're pretty. Uh, they're pretty no frills. I mean, they just had a, a simple stage set up, um, and you know they, they just relied on their hits. They relied on their music. Uh, you know, they they didn't. Uh, you know, they didn't have any fire or smoke or ramps or anything. And, uh, that you know, they played a couple new songs. They've got a new song called The Broken, which I really like. Um, you know, and I've said before, I, I don't get into a lot of these bands, uh, you know, the, uh, more of these mainstream bands. But for some reason, Three Doors Down, I've always really liked. And, uh, you know, they, they It's Not My Time, Loser, Duck and Run, <clears throat> I mean, they played them all, Kryptonite, and, uh. I mean, Did they
0: play be like that for, for Kevin Graham? I remember he mentioned that on the preview.
1: <laughs> I, God, I don't know. Cause I, you know, at one point, I, I didn't stay for the whole thing. Oh, okay. I, I think I left right at the last, very last part of it cause I was trying to get over somewhere else real quick. But I mean, I caught the lion's share of their set. Um, and, uh, I mean, they, they were on point, uh, it, they were running around. They were making, you know, contact with the crowd. And I know at one point you said you'd seen them, and it was just a little kind of lax.
0: Yeah, I mean, not, not performance music wise, they sounded fine. It was just, you know, I want to use the word boring, but that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, it was just. But I, I said that before. They had Alter Bridge open and form. They had Shine Down open and form. Maybe that's what and it was. Both those bands you know are full of energy live Mm -hmm. and they're phenomenal vocalist on both those bands and of course mark Tremonti is just letting loose and this was on you know both those bands only had one or two albums at that time so they were full of energy and just like proving themselves because they were in an arena opening for three doors down yeah and i think that might have hurt kind of what i said with disturbed earlier yeah with rob zombie before them it might have just hurt you know how it could have been better because someone else, you know, was so good, Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. (laughs) Um, Well, this time, you know, they were getting into it. Uh, You know, the guitar players were switching sides of the stage, and, you know, uh, it was great. It was, uh, and people freaking love that band. I mean, just screaming every word. Yeah, I mean, so that was an impressive set. I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, I think the final band of that night then was Scorpions, right? Yeah. Oh, I know they were, but I'm at the final next one we saw. And you can't... I've said this before, I can't say enough. I don't want to keep repeating the words here, but I don't don't know how to put into words how great the Scorpions are alive. Mm -hmm. And they're one of those bands that took me years and years to get the chance to see, and I finally saw them... Six years ago at Rock in America, at another outdoor festival, and they they completely brought it. It was everything I hoped it would be, and this this time was no different. You know, it was full of full of hits. You know, another band had so many hits that there's several more songs that they could have played that they didn't. And they, you know, they put in some songs, some really old songs like Coast to Coast and Loving You Sunday Morning and stuff that weren't massive hits. That's kind of cool because you know it. You know, Always rather love than when the band does that. Yeah, yeah, rather than just pumping out, you know, they yeah. could have played Rhythm of Love, they could have played Send Me an Angel, they could have played whatever, but it's cool that they played this. Yeah. You know, my only complaint was they didn't play Tease Me, Please Me. I know you <laughs> probably don't care about that, but they played Wind of Change, and I would have flipped that out. If you're going to play a song from that, let's yeah. rock it with Don't Believe Her" or Tease Me, Please yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. Well, but hey, Wind of Change, you know, that's a. A good break, slow down song in the and crowd. that's a hit, man. Yeah. That's Last time hit. I saw them, they don't play that every time. Well, that was awesome. And, man. you know, it brought the crowd, you know, sing along, lighters up
1: in the air. Yeah. You know, whoa, massive whoa. power ballad hit, that kind of thing. Yep. And what a stage setup, huh? Oh, yeah. That you was said,
0: nuts. You said no no frills, ramps, smoke, or whatever for Three Doors Down, while Scorpions, you know, took care of that <laughs> they for made both up bands. For it, didn't <laughs> they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had this massive that huge riser that that the drums were on top of and so i thought it was kind of funny throughout the day when you went by and you see the band's uh the other band's banner behind their half of their banner was covered up by yeah, Mickey cause D's of this drum set, set cuz it was this so goddamn high.
1: gigantic <laughs> fucking riser yeah. yeah
0: but that's the way it's got to be done cuz you right. can't set up that drum set you know and you know after no kidding the band before them that night you yeah
1: know. yeah and and the other thing i was going to bring up was just Mickey D Oh, it's yeah. good to see him again and fuck man i love his drum solos i love his drumming you know it's technical but it's also just like balls out too and i mean i, I don't know that guy's a machine and so and i'm really glad he's got a, a a good a good big act to be with now
0: yeah and he you know like we mentioned when we saw him with motorhead last year um you know he's totally intense and all over the place live and just like sticks out, you know, even when you're on stage with an icon like Lemmy or Phil yeah. Campbell, you know, he just brings it, and then Scorpions, you know, of course, their drumming isn't as fast as Motorhead's, but he fits in perfect with yeah. that too, you know? Yeah, and
1: he, he, he nailed everything. Yeah. You know? And I tell you, you know, I was I'm admittedly, I'm not a huge Scorpions fan, but, you know, I was like, well, Mickey D's with him, I, I watched it. Yeah. You know?
0: And I know, you know, so I'm very glad we got to see see this with him there because i assume james kotak's gonna be back eventually yeah so very cool that they got an iconic drummer to fill that spot and so if you saw scorpions you did to know who you were seeing live you were fortunate you <laughs> saw motorhead's drummer and you know that's he a was a deal isn't he he did he's did some dates with thin lizzie or he's going to as well so i mean uh, i think or maybe that's later
1: um, later this year Scott Travis from Priest is doing. The oh, thing. is that what know, that is? Yeah, okay. With Tom Hamilton,
0: well, he was doing something else as well. Yeah. I forgot. And like some, like you said, I'm glad Mickey is getting out there and still, still bringing us the beats live, and you know he won't he won't go away anytime soon. There'll always be. There's always going to be someone that's going to beg to have
1: a guy like that in their band. So, yeah, but yeah, he'll be in demand. He'll he'll get something.
0: Yeah. Well, Saturday night after, <clears throat> after the main stage ended, as we mentioned before, there's always the post, post show parties out in Axis and Camp Jaeger, and this was our big night because two of the bands we wanted to see the most were both playing Saturday night late. Yeah, and we got over there and found Travis Travis D Davis from the W Door. And he introduced us to everybody in the band. Yes. Because we didn't really know the other members. We've known him for a while now, and he's another guy that we send huge thanks to many times because he's a big supporter of uh, his yeah, podcast.
1: We, we couldn't do it without guys like him, for sure. Yeah,
0: he's, you know, not just listening. You know, he's spread the word. He's brought us a ton of followers. He's, you know, supporting us. He was wearing our T-shirt that night on stage. Which so, is
1: amazing. It's yeah,
0: invaluable. Yeah, mad respect for that. And... Talked to him for a bit before they went on stage. They went on stage and they totally just, they 100% brought it and just a heavy band. And um, her vocals were so much more metal or intense than I thought they were going to be. Like yeah. maybe it's just because live, because, you know, we've talked about how cool it is that her vocal style, you know, is different than your standard female metal vocalist. And and it's not real high pitch, it's not real rough It's right in the middle, it's like this punky kind of thing But when she got out there live, you know, she did that But she also was screaming, and those could have been the new songs too I don't know, but I mean, you know, it's just It was just great, you know, she had a lot of energy She had the crowd into it, they all had the crowd into it Phenomenal band, excellent guitar work Oh, yeah. Of course, um, the
1: drums and bass, you know, great rhythm section. We know that. So <laughs> she uh, she looked good. She sounded great. Uh, you know, and as you, you know, in this interview, you're going to hear, you know, whenever we get it up, you know, she, she's, she's got some sass. And, <laughs> you know, and that, that, that comes out in her presence and in her vocals. And uh, as far as the band, I mean, it was just on point, just, you know, riff madness. Uh, you know, Travesty's a monster drummer. And they, they, you know, <clears throat> their songs were just so much more, just hot and electric and just badass live. I mean, it was, uh, it was super, super impressive. And uh, you know, I wish, I wish they gigged around here more. I'd go see them a lot more. You know, yeah. And hopefully they will. Hopefully this opens up doors for them. You know.
0: Well, yeah, and like you mentioned, impressive live. They, they sound great on on record. What the, the demo they put out, but they. It, they're just one of those those bands that it's even more impressive when you see them live. And yeah. you can't say enough about that, because some bands sound great on record, but then don't pull it off live. And yeah. when you can bring the level up live, that just shows how great of musicians you are, how great of a band you it, are. Exactly, exactly. So, like we mentioned, be on the lookout here in the next two or three weeks for an interview with almost the full band. The bass player wasn't able to make it, and... Because, unfortunately, you know, shout out to him. I know he had a, a loss in the family that weekend, and he had the bell after their, their last performance, I believe. So, we're sorry to hear about that. Much love to him and to his family. That's right. So, be on the lookout here in the coming weeks for our interview with the Devil Good Door. Look them up on Facebook and, you know, grab some of their music. And, like, I think we talked about in the interview, but... They had tons of people walking around there with their T-shirts.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. We did. There's so many of those shirts everywhere
0: because it's a cool, it's a cool band name, it's a cool logo, and it's just you know because they might have sold those or getting people that didn't even know their band yet. That's right. That's right. And that's a great thing, you know, because if you get a T-shirt of a band, even if you're not real familiar with them, you're going
1: to look into it. Yeah, you are definitely. You know, unless you're some kid who's buying a Misfit shirt, you know, at Hot Topic, but. No, you can Sign get them up. at fucking Walmart now, goddamn it! <laughs> no, but like, uh, hey, you maybe know. one
0: day you can get a W door shirt at Walmart. <laughs> that so. would
1: be awesome. They're on their way. I, I <laughs> you know, I got mine, and I wasn't aware it Sunday, but uh, I don't know, rain, a little bit of rain or something. I put it in my tent, and it was wet. Ugh. So, but it's washed now, and it's ready for wear.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, after them was Freeway Mad, and. This band out of England, you know, is just everything you want from a rock and roll band, from a heavy rock band, just rock, hard rock and roll energy, throwing back to the old school style, but still sounding completely relevant and new. And, you know, it's just kind of the description of what Rocklahoma is about, I think, because yeah. they're one of the bands that Sam brought in. And I think they played, they played another shot at the retrospect stage, and I think they might have even played the pre-party as well, but... It's kind of like some of these bands playing two or three times. I'm glad they were, because, yeah. we, you know, like because if Devil Your Door hadn't played again, we wouldn't have been fortunate enough oh, to see them because we missed them the other times. But um, so really glad I got to see most of Freeway Mad. And yeah, they're another band that you need to check out. That's a really cool band name as well. And can't say enough about, you know, we didn't see any bad performances. We saw performances from bands we don't like, but even as much <laughs> as I rip on Five Finger Death Punch. You know, they're a solid band yeah. live, but anyway, so I'm not going <laughs> to get on a tangent, but just to say there are bands that most everybody out here, if you're there, even if you're out in the campground, you're there because someone puts you there because you belong there. That's
1: right, you know? that's right.
0: But anyway, after Freeway Mad was another one of the bands that right there at the top of our list. Oh, man. we we were wanting to see and that's Screaming Red Mutiny oh man and just like Devil You Adore if you've listened to our podcast you've heard us talk about these guys relentlessly and we were talking about Screaming Red Mutiny based off of two songs you know that we had heard yeah and based off of what these other four guys had done in the past yeah and if you're not familiar with that that's King Shifter The Joint Effect even The Dogs and Blackwater Rebellion yeah four bands that we really love and then here they come together to form this new band so you know we know it's going to be good. We had the honor of seeing them record one of their songs, or John Halata record the yeah, guitar parts before our interview with them a yeah, while back. I think it
1: was for "Last Goodbye," right? I, I think, think so because that was the first and song that, they put out. Yeah, it was a huge honor. And I mean, you know, you know, these guys had a big buzz going into this because it was like their first shows. Yeah, and you know, uh, and it was just—I mean, it was—I mean, mind-blowing live. It was. I was like, I was so pleased. It was like, yes. You know they're kicking ass and I knew they would and I was so glad they did um, <clears throat> I mean it's just, uh, the, there was just like power it that's one that's like the only word I could say it was oh, just yeah. it was just demanding power that this band had and uh, I mean just watch out I mean they decimated the stage uh, and you know again uh, you know Thrasher went with us and he he didn't know these guys from anybody. You know, and he was like, "Who, who is this? They're fucking great." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, there you go. That's how you know," because yeah. he didn't know anything about you know the bands these guys had been in or or anything. And uh, I mean, he and he 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 got it right away. Yeah. So that tells you something.
0: Yeah, and I was glad. Like most of our crew went over there because I, you know, Tracy was there because she has heard me rattle on about these guys <laughs> yeah. relentlessly. So she's like, I'm going, don't worry about it. I want to be there. Yeah, okay. You know, Maggie was there and you, I look back and both of them were just like rocking out as yeah, well. Exactly. And it's just, like you said, that whole, you know, Camp Yeager had a tent this year. That place was jam packed from oh, front yeah. to back and clear out into the street. That's right. Because, you know, Sprout, Sprout's a veteran at that stage and people yeah. know what kingshifter brought to that stage and how much this dude brings it live. And, you know, I know the other three guys brought a ton of clout with them and man, John Holada is just just a freaking beast, you know, yeah. of a guitarist live. Yeah. And, you know, Mike Starkey and, and Tony Hinton, you know, just round this thing out perfect to just like you said power. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can't say enough about that. And we just it lived up to every inch of hype and hope that I hoped it would and you know, they're going to be back here in Tulsa here in like 3 weeks. Yeah. they're you know if you're outside this area if you're in Kansas they're playing Wichita the week after next and they're also playing Kansas City they're one of those bands that are going to get out there and I think it's going to benefit them because they've got a great sound and I can't imagine them not picking up steam the same way you know sprout did with Kingshift or where yeah, they traveled yeah. the country and had a following you know in different spots around the country
1: Yeah you got to you got to see this I mean uh, and it, it it was great to talk to them after the show uh, you know, <clears throat> so I mean, it was uh it was it was it was awesome. Yeah, we you know. Had... Sprout was like, "Hey, do you have a beer?" And I'm like, "Dude, if I had like thirty beers right now, I would give you one." I had one though, so I mean, it was just. Uh, I mean, you mean, give them all? No, no, I had to have one. I had okay. to have one for me, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. but no, you know, they're just great guys. Uh, you know, just the best souls and just the best fucking. I mean, one of the absolute, I mean, they're up there with Megadeth and, uh, you know, hate and scorpions. Yeah. I mean, definitely. And that's definitely. heavy, heavy yeah. clout right there. Yeah, it is.
0: And <clears throat> yeah, like we talked to him afterwards and Bo John and Sprout said that, you know, after playing that first show earlier in the morning, they played two shows that day. that It kind of lifted, lifted a weight off shoulders because you got those first shows under your belt. Yeah. And so now it's probably going to be gravy for him, and.
1: They just let it all hang out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, Sprout came by the campsite a couple of times. Yeah. Or one time, Mike Starkey was driving by and they stopped and he talked for a second. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just you know cool to to know these dudes as well as love their music. Yeah. So, exactly. Much respect. Like I said, with W Door, get on there. Look up Screaming Mutiny on Facebook. This their EP's out now. You can buy it. You can listen to it on Spotify, but I implore you to get onto Amazon or Google or. Uh, iTunes and purchase this thing exactly. I think it's five songs, so it's not going to cost you much. And you got to support amazing music, up and coming music like this. Hell yes! Well, was that the, the end of end of Saturday?
1: I think. No, it was not. Well, I mean the end of because oh, we no. saw we saw Micah. There you go. Was that? That was before,
0: wasn't it? or was yeah, that after? It was, and we might have skipped it, because so it was okay, yeah.
1: retrospect, but that's fine, because we're going to get into oh, it right crap.
0: now. Oh, yeah, that was during the night. That was like 8 p.m. Yeah. Well, I jumped away. But anyway, <clears throat> we made a point to get over there and see him, because I had talked to, to her earlier about doing an interview the next day. Yeah. So, we definitely, that's one of the ones that were on our schedule we didn't want to miss. Yeah. We got over there, and... Kind of like I said about Wild Throne, completely different than everything else that was out there. Yeah, was Micah, because they, you know, they're more of a poppy kind of pop punk, seventies, eighties, like you mentioned in a review we did, kind of that glitter glam vibe, mix all that together. So, and they were playing at the same time as same time as Texas Hippie Coalition was on the side stage. Yeah, and. So, well, which worked out good for him because it was totally different yeah. veins of music and they had a decent little crowd over there going going nuts. You know, to just feel good, feel good rock and roll. You
1: exactly. Know? And for me, the choice is clear every time. <laughs> if you're going to say, Do you want to go see Micah or Texas Hippie Coalition? 10 times out of 10, I'm like, Well, I'm going to go see Micah. And I mean, no deal disrespect, with it. you know. Deal with it. You know, uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say anything, but.
0: I wasn't going to talk. I'm not going to talk any crap because they're, they have a loyal fan base and they are good at what they do, but it's just weird. Neither one of us has ever been into them and I've tried and it's not saying anything bad that they're bad. They're a good band, but I just, it's just not my thing. And which is funny because I like a lot of that, the stuff that they're in the vein of, but it's just anyway, no disrespect THC. They're doing something right. They had a huge ass crowd over there. Oh yeah, so much respect for that. Yeah,
1: but back to Micah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought their, you know, their set was, you know, electric. It was upbeat. Um, you know, they're they're rehearsed. They're professional. I think Devin Micah, she's beautiful. Uh, she is not shy. She can hold an audience. Uh, she has no problem making tracks all over the stage. Uh, you know, and, and you know, she she feels this stuff and it comes it comes through in her performance and uh you know it was really cool to finally get to see
0: yeah and she has a great solid band with her that yeah, put on a great performance they played they played several of the songs from their their EP that just came out Diamond in the Rough like i mentioned there's a review up on uh com. yes check, check that, that out. out and they played a few covers yeah. of, you know Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and it, Bon Jovi it, yeah it, Night Train yeah Night Train that's my absolute favorite song of all time. Yeah. And, you know, they did it justice. Yeah. You, know, you know, it wasn't as, as raw as Guns N' Roses, you know, and dirty, but because that's not what they are. They did it in their vein. They, they did it sounded, their own.
1: They sounded good doing it. Yep. Two two for me and one for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, you, you can't say enough about a band that, like I said, isn't as heavy as what most of the bands at Rock Home are, but they still put on a performance, command the crowd. You know, another cool thing was they. They threw out balloons and beach balls, which, you know, I've been at shows where that kind of annoys me because beach balls are hitting me in the head. But like yeah. with them, it fit perfect because it's that whole kind of feel good vibe. That's right. Yeah. And they had wrote Micah on the beach balls, which I thought was brilliant it, because you yeah, know that as soon idea. as that show ended, someone grabbed that to keep it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and they're going to remember they're that. They're going to remember it. You yeah. know, they're going to remember Micah. And the other thing was leading up to those, everywhere you walked, whether it be inside the venue, to be out in the campgrounds, all over the place. There were flyers that said Micah eight fifteen or whatever at the retrospect and yeah. then uh, one a.m. you know the next night at Camp Jaeger. And that's right. I don't think I think the only other band I might have saw a flyer for was Moxie Influence. Yeah. Well there's you know, a, so, there's there's that hard work. You yeah, know? and it shows you that's that's smart, you know. Every band should have done that. Yeah, before. yeah, you're right, so, you're right. Anyway, I think that wraps up Saturday.
1: Yes, hell, yes.
0: I'll mention hell yeah. We didn't. I did not see him I walked by a couple of times. They had an insane crowd over there, you know, which is deserving. That's another band that's busted their ass and got got here. And I've always liked them, but I'm just kind of at the point where I I've seen them enough that yeah. I wasn't worried about getting over there. You know, we're massive Pantera fans. We love Vinnie Paul. I've yeah. always liked Mudvayne, like Chad Gray's voice, but. Like I said, it wasn't something I was making a point of doing just because I'd seen them enough throughout the years. Yeah.
1: But, you know, you got to say, that's one thing that they, you know, they don't rest on those laurels of Pantera and Mudvayne. I mean, because they don't don't do those songs. Yeah, I don't know that they've ever played covers. And they've got got their own, they've got their own, you know, niche. They've got their own following now. They don't have to do that. So, I mean, nothing but respect on that part of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that might wrap up Saturday. I I think,
1: yeah, I think we're ready to go to Sunday. As far as bands go, yeah. I mean, (laughs)
0: it didn't wrap up Saturday. We were up quite a while, hanging out with some friends. Yeah.
1: Well, it was your, it was your, uh, it was your birthday by then. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, So, yeah.
0: You know, my birthday was Sunday, and so, you know, at 12.01, I think it was Tracy yelled happy birthday, and then it was on then it was on and you know a lot of people around there knew because of you guys telling them and And of course people coming by you know i can't say thanks enough not just throughout sunday people i'm like how do these people know it's my birthday and you know because they weren't over at our camp for people Mm. to tell them and i think you know it's people i'm friends with on facebook so they probably saw got the alert if their phone worked
1: and well uh, and you got to say tracy and maggie did a great job of telling everybody they they got everything decorated and ready to go. Yeah, they decked out the camp and balloons. <laughs> they asked me the night before, will you help us blow balloons up in the morning? I said, yes, I will. <laughs> and I did not because I didn't go to bed till like 5, and oh, wow. I was just a complete wreck. So it was all them. Uh, they busted their ass, and uh, it was great, yeah.
0: Yeah, There's you'll see pictures here soon enough, but they decorated everything with... uh Tiffany Amber Thiessen faces everywhere. Like that's the love of
1: your life. Yeah, on sticks
0: and on signs <laughs> and on stickers. You know, she's been the love of my life since I was like twelve or thirteen when Saved by the Bell came out, oh and into Nine Hundred Two Hundred and Ten, <laughs> uh, and all the amazing Lifetime movies. Yes, I use the word amazing. Oh Jesus! White collar. You know, hey, whatever.
1: <sighs> so, we we just need to keep going.
0: <laughs> so, everywhere, every time I turned around on my birthday, I saw Tiffany's face. <laughs> and of course, I saw my beautiful girlfriend's face. So, it was a wonderful day. Yeah. I saw your beautiful face. Oh, right?
1: God. Just, anyways, <laughs> keep going. Okay.
0: Ugh. So, again, thanks to everybody that came by or wished me happy birthday throughout the day. Nothing but thanks for that.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, Sunday. Straight up, be honest. Was Friday and Saturday were jam packed as far as bands I wanted to see. Sunday only had a few, and it's funny because they're not the ones that the majority of people cared about. You know, yeah, most yeah. people were probably excited about, you know, Saint Asonia or, you know, I can't remember who else was Sunday, but Five Finger. Oh well, yeah, obviously, and Chevelle. But I had no interest in any of those. Yeah. And the yeah, actually, we went in there for. Or we got in there early enough to go eat, I think, and then see Great White, and then that's whenever they evacuated the premises because Lightning lightning
1: started. And so I think, and you know, and that's pretty much the big sign for a lot of places. You know, sports events, festivals, they start seeing lightning, you're out of there. Yeah. So they evacuated. We went back to the campgrounds, but nothing really ever got out of control. It was just a precautionary thing. It rained a little bit. That was about it
0: yeah it was real yeah like we just got lucky, I guess the radar showed it coming yeah. straight towards us, and then it it, it kind of broke up and went
1: around, which is perfect, yeah, candy was watching the radar and it was all kind of around us, but it never hit us, so we got like a two hour beer fest, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, and then they they announced
0: we're opening the venue back, and no band will be cut, you know, because that's one of the things you worry about if they'll go right back to the schedule, Yeah, but they didn't, they just pushed everything back a little under two hours. I think it was exactly two hours that Great White started, Yeah, but then all of a sudden they started kind of bumping bands a little and having them cross a tiny bit on the main stage and the side stage. Yeah, or, you know,
1: have them shorten the set or something. Yeah,
0: and then they did some some sound checks during other bands, which kind of sucks, but hey, you, you... you can't help it in yeah, this situation. You, you got to go with it. So it's better to be able to see Great White, Sebastian Bach, and well, I'm drawing a blank on a side stage. Mystery was over there, Citizen Zero. Yeah. You know, so it's good that these bands still got to play, even if, you know, you're over there and you hear a snare drum hitting over here. Yeah. Just, you just got to deal with it. Yeah. yeah it's better do. than
1: not seeing the band at all. Exactly. So, I mean, what do you think of Great White?
0: I was totally impressed. Like, I, you know, I had watched videos. You know, way back when Terry first joined the band, just out of curiosity, yeah. Because I've always been a huge fan of Great White.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You more and, than me, but I still yeah. love him You know.
0: Yeah, and they—he sounded great, and I like the fact that, you know, they got a, a seasoned performer. They got a guy that had been there, and knew what he was doing. But yeah, they exactly. didn't look for someone that was a clone of, of Jack Russell, but someone that still was in the vein and had yeah. that style of vocals. And he—if you don't know—he was a singer of X Y Z. They had a big, you know, hit in the, I think it was around early 90s called Inside, Inside Out. Out yeah. And as far as I know, that's the only, you know, major success they had. Yeah, but and look,
1: look that song up. You'll be singing it for the rest of the day. Yeah.
0: And so getting to see him live, he, it was great because he fits those songs perfectly. You know, I won't lie, just like anyone that's a fan of a band like that, you obviously wish Jack Russell was up there, but yeah. that's not the case, so you can't complain about it. You know, it's cool that they were there. You know, you got oh, Mark Kendall, cool. you got Lardy, uh, Michael Lardy. And so it's cool that, you know, it's a chunk of the original band up there. You know, Terry does all the songs justice. They're another band that there's tons of songs. I would have loved to hear like lady red light or big goodbye. Yeah.
1: Big goodbye would have been great,
0: but they, you know, they did a solid set list. They played one of the newer songs with him. They yeah. played uh, desert moon, you know, so they, and of course, you know they played what you knew they were going to play, like "Save Your Love" and "Once been Twice Shy." Yeah. They didn't, and they played "House of Broken Love," which I know the last couple of times they were at Rock Luma with Jack Russell. I don't think they played that.
2: Yeah,
0: and they, you know, the I was kind of, I guess maybe it was because it ended up being later night, but there was a big crowd down there. Yeah, there And was. I was really happy to see that, and I was kind of worried, you know, because they, you know, they're not a modern band, and you know, I looked back from the pit to the, the photo line, and there were kids up there, yeah. you know, like teenagers rocking out. And I yeah, was just no, like, man, is, this is great. That and, is good. <laughs> and another thing I noticed, I don't know if I forgot to ask if you saw this, because it wasn't far from where you're sitting. Did you see the guy who posed to the girl? <laughs> yeah, like he, they got up to the front of the line. All of a sudden, I hear all these people cheering behind me, like significantly during a song. And I turn around. And they're like, he had stood up right then and was hugging her, and you know everybody was going nuts because this dude proposed, <laughs> and he proposed to her <laughs> during Mr. <Mist of> Bone." <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if this. They didn't look real old; they looked maybe twenties. So I don't <sighs> know. If they that's just funny. If he just did it when he had the chance, or if he's they're actually great white fans, or what? Oh, but I'm awesome. like, he proposed to her during a song about sex. I'm like, that's hilariously that's, awesome. That's great. And you know, so hey, good luck to them. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and you, did you say you loved it, right?
1: Oh, yeah, I yeah. thought it was great. I mean, uh, they were on point. I mean, they did they did a good a set of hits. Uh, Mark Kendall is an amazing guitar player, and I, I loved that guitar he was playing. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it was awesome. I had a blast.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: Sebastian Bach. That's what we're up to, and right. let's get into this. Okay. Because... Because we're going to say some stuff that some people might not like, but it's the truth and you just need to hear it.
0: (laughs) Okay. This goes back to my youth of like, the first bands I really got into that got me into heavy rock, heavier rock, because I know no one's going to say Poison is heavy, but Poison and Def Leppard were my gateway bands into hard rock. Yeah. And then I really got into huge and the GNR and Skid Row, you know, which is a little bit heavier. And then went on into metal and everything. But so Skid Row has been one of my favorite bands since I was like thir- 12 or 13. Yeah. Since that first album hit. And those first two albums are two of the greatest albums of that era. Hands oh, yeah, down. Hands, yeah, definitely. Subhuman Race, the third album, you know, is phenomenal as well. Doesn't get the love it deserves. And hey, I'm such a big fan of Skid Row. I love the albums with Johnny Solinger. I thought they were great with him. And I'll go see Skid Row any day of the week, and I'll see Sebastian Bach solo any day of the week. Yeah. And so, really looking forward to it because he's always been one of my favorite singers. I remember last time he played Rockahoma, I thought it was a little off. Like, he doesn't sound bad, but it was just something about it didn't seem as good as it could be. Yeah. But this time was a little different. You know, uh, this time yeah. I was down there in the pit, and I kind of had a bad spot at first because I couldn't hear his voice. <laughs> we'll get into that but yeah. that's just because I was down low that pit kind of angles down so I moved a little to the yeah. left and then it got better and the set list was was great you, he yeah, played what you knew he was going to play but then he played the threat which is totally Yeah, I was down there like geeking out I looked you know I saw one of the guys singing the words you know like you know so most people are probably like what's going on but if you're from that era you know Slave to the Ground front to back so yes. you know that Slave song the threat, yeah and he didn't play slave to the grind, but that's probably because he flipped it out for the threat. And I thought yeah. that was great. You know, yeah. he, you don't get to see stuff like that unless you're seeing a headline show by someone. You know, I know. And, well, early into the show, he started yelling at some fan, like because I guess they were yelling
1: at him. To turn but, up! He, yeah. They couldn't hear him. You know, telling him to turn up his mic. Yeah. And then he
0: did it a little again later to another fan in the yeah. middle, which I know who that was now because I saw him post on yeah. the page. Well, and you that know, guy was diplomatic about it, which I thought was cool. I think it was, I'll give him a shout His name's Cole. I can't remember yeah. his last name, but he, you know, he, he thought it was funny that he was yelling at him. You know, he's like, I almost flipped him off, you know, back because he flipped him off. But he's like, I didn't want him to tell security to get me out because he's one of my favorite singers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I want to see the rest of the show. Yeah. Well, you know, These singers don't have a volume knob on their microphone.
0: Yeah, and I've seen tons of comments already on Facebook like, you know, flip a switch, you know, or this. I'm like no. He said what he as dumb as it sounds when he yelled, It's not my job. It isn't his job. He doesn't he can't do that. He can't he sure he could have got on the mic and stopped the show and said, Hey, sound dude, fix this. But it was a rolling they were on that. That was the point after that lightning thing where there was no, you know, it was like on yeah. snap, snap, get out there, go.
1: Yeah. And I
0: think even him and a couple other bands after him, probably even Five Finger Death Punch, had time cut out of them because I saw they only played an hour and most headline bands play longer than that. Yeah, I mean, so I think they cut everybody by a song or two. And like he said, I'm not stopping the show. You know, I've only got 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And he, you know, so
1: yeah. I mean, he, you know, he he. I, You know, I I saw people on Facebook called a a temper tantrum. Well, no, it fucking wasn't. I mean, he had every right to say that. He said, look, it's not my job to turn on the microphone. Uh, You know, we've got 40 minutes, you know. uh, I don't give a shit. I can't stop. And, uh, you know, and I think he had every right to say that. He had every right. And, you know, people should know, you know, it's not, you know, there's a guy way in the back doing the sound or on the side. And that's that guy's job to know, wow, I can't hear him. Maybe I should do something here. Yeah. You know, and like you said, you know, all the set times got got moved back and they were rushing everybody. They're doing rolling sound checks. uh, And, you know, and that's just kind of like, which means get out there and start your set and we'll just tweak it as you go. And hopefully by the end of the first song, we'll have it. And that happens a lot, especially in in situations like these. I mean, I mean, I had no idea it was even starting. Yeah. You know, a guy was back there playing a the drum beat, and I thought he was sound checking. Well, here comes Sebastian, and they kicked into it. You know, <laughs> but you know, I'm like you. The last time he was at Rock, Oklahoma, you know, it just didn't it just didn't hit me. Um, you know, and this year he sounded better, he looked better, uh, and you know, once you know the first. Couple of songs, he got the Kinks worked out. Um, I think he started having fun. Oh yeah, you yeah. know he was smiling. He was, uh you know, he 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 took like two pictures with the crowd, you know, because the crowd was going insane, and you know maybe that maybe that rushed thing added to the just excitement of the whole deal. Yeah, and he sounded freaking great. So I mean, uh, and that was kind of like the beginning of the festival. I was like, man, I don't really know if I'm going to go check him out. But I just decided, well, I'm already here, so I just stayed there. And then I'm glad I did because uh, he he kicked fucking ass.
0: Yeah, that's a good point because then after, like you said, after the kinks worked out and he got into it, he just, he didn't look, you know, because a lot of times when a show starts like that, you see people get pissed off and you can see it in their performance. Even if yeah. they sound good, they just don't look happy. Yeah. And as soon as the show ends, they walk, say thanks and walk out the door. Yeah. And you're like, well that's going to be one of those performances they fucking hate and never remember. <laughs> but like he, and it's funny cause Sebastian Bach's one of those guys that kind of has been notorious, you know, for getting pissed off and yeah. saying stuff. And he, you know, you, I've always, you know, people used to give him shit back in the day, you know, metal sludge and whoever. Yeah. But I always commended Bach because, you know, as much as I love guns N Roses and Rose and Axe Rose, when Axe would get pissed off, he would obviously, you know, walk off stage, <laughs> yeah. we know that, or jump in the crowd, <laughs> or do something, <laughs> you know, Sebastian Bach is one of those guys that no matter what you thought about him, he didn't miss a show, he wasn't late, you know, and he put on a fucking yeah, performance, he did. even if he wasn't happy, you know, and, but this time he got through that, he looked like he was having a great time, he sounded cool. great, towards the end, the, well, the last song obviously was Youth Gone Wild, and he brought out. Michael Starr. Yeah, that's from, right. He did from Steel Panther and Michael Starr. Of course, we know the dude has a phenomenal voice. Yeah, and he sounded phenomenal singing it with Sebastian. Yeah, you know, they got awesome. two totally different styles of voices. It's <laughs> and you know that Michael Starr knows that song back to back. Anyway, not yeah. just that of course because Steel Panthers played covers for years yeah. before they had their first original album come out, and um, and I know Sebastian got on stage with them tons of times in L.A. at the yeah. Viper Room when they did that. So it was just really, I'm like you said. I was really glad that he finished out the set at the end. Yeah, he did the big picture. You know, like a lot of them do. I saw, I saw one that Rob Zombie did. It was really cool. And you know, all those. So, like I said, I defend the guy for what he did. You know, sure, oh, yeah. sure he could have done it different, but at the same time, I don't, I don't care. It was when he did it, I was laughing. I looked at the guy next yeah. to me because. Tracy went down there, she was still with you guys, and yeah. like, the guy next to me was a cameraman, and he was like, laughing his ass off, yeah. so I think, I think it was kind of 50-50, some people get instant butthurt if a singer isn't to their liking 100% of the time, yeah. and that's gonna happen no matter what, you know, yeah. Guns, like I said, Guns Rose is my favorite band, and I still love Alex Rose, and I'll offend him to his day, but sure, he's done stupid shit,
1: Yeah, but I love the music, Yeah, you know? well, yeah, I mean, I, I loved the, did it, and you know, like I, I've said this kind of before, you know, it's their show, not yours. Yeah. They're up there. They've they've, they've got to do it. So, yeah. you know, you, you need to get on board and you need to just be glad you're there, I think. Yeah. You know.
0: And a ton of people think that these people owe them something. And I, I can't remember uh, yeah. who it
1: was years ago.
0: It, was, it sounded a little dickish, but I can't remember. Some performer or some guy in a band said that when you pay for a show, I give you a show, that's where the transaction ends. Yeah. It's exactly. just like anything else you buy. Whether, yeah. that, you know, this is a business, it's called the music business. These bands are a business. You know, Motley Cruz is a great example. You know, Tommy and Vince haven't liked each other for years, but they yeah. still got on stage because they knew that it's a fruitful business. Exactly. Made them a lot of money. But, you know, these these bands don't owe anybody anything. Sure, they yeah. owe you gratitude for helping them get there, but you paid for an album. That they busted their ass to make, yeah. And a lot of you people didn't pay for the album, you stole it on, <laughs> on BitTorrent site,
1: that's or right. You only
0: listen to it on Spotify where they get next to nothing for it, and then you complain because you know yep. he said it's not my job or because someone didn't wait around after to meet you by the
1: bus, yeah, exactly. Whatever. I mean, look, uh, you know, all that other, all that extra stuff is a bonus. You know, they they don't they don't have to bring you on the bus after the show and let you watch Archie Bunker with them. No. (laughs) CJ Pierce might do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And shout out to him, of course. (laughs) But I mean, uh, again, this is their show. And, um, you know, they've got a lot on the line, especially these days. So, I mean, uh, you know, I I think a a little bit a little bit more understanding in these kind of situations is needed, I think.
0: Yeah. So I'm definitely glad his show was good. You know, and like we both said, we'll defend
1: the guy. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) Not long after that was Steel Panther. Yes. We didn't see Chevelle because I've seen paint dry before and it's pretty damn boring.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit.
0: Steel Panther is a band that, you know, I've seen people talk crap about them before. You know, hey, that's understandable. Not everybody's into comedy and their music. And that's this thing, you know. When first time I saw Still Panther, I, after walking out, I'm like, you know, they could have played like four more songs if he had not talked for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but at, obviously at this show, they his bits were real quick and precise because they had a real limited time. Yeah. But you see a headline show and you're getting 20 oh, minutes of, of stage rant it's too. It's
1: freaking hilarious. But it's like,
0: when you think about it, it's like, that's what these guys are. And it's like, it's part of the show. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're putting on a show. But at the same time, these four guys... Especially Michael Starr and Satchel are as good as any musician out there. Oh yeah, they're as good as you know the Scorpions or anybody yeah, that is and performing. They just
1: they deliver it.
0: Yeah, and they they're an amazing live band. All four of their you know studio albums are phenomenal, and they're just they're not for everybody because they're a little over the top, you know, in your face sexually. But <laughs> you know it's it's hilarious. You yeah. know, and you can't say enough about someone that can pull off comedy perfect and musicianship perfect, perfect. Enough.
1: and they do it for sure yeah yeah it was a fun set man it was a fun set it would have been nice to be a little longer but with everything going on I mean I was satisfied yeah it was a, it was a good night yeah and
0: they I read later that I guess some dude was crowd surfing on our blow up raft yes and I missed that I was yeah up,
1: I didn't see that I was way to the side there's so many people there. I was real
0: up front but I was way to the side because there's yeah. so many people yeah but so I didn't see what was going on mainly behind me but That'd be interesting to see some yeah. video from that. And,
1: yeah, it was, yeah, that was awesome.
0: And that pretty much wrapped it up. Because we, we saw a couple songs from the band after that, but we did not care. So we <laughs> walked out the door. Yeah. You know, and that's all I'll say.
1: That's right.
0: Um, we saw after that, I don't think you made it over there, but I saw Micah again. Okay. At the Camp Yeager after party Sunday night. And it was cool because they, they changed up their setlets totally. Nice. I saw like the last few songs and... You know, a lot of these bands playing more than one set will just repeat their set list, mm-hmm. which is fine. But it was cool that Micah changed it up. So I saw I saw him play Revolution by the Beatles and in a couple of their original That's songs. Cool. And so it was a cool, a cool way to cap everything off to see another one of the bands we really enjoyed, you know, close this thing out. And there's there's so many bands, like you mentioned at the beginning of this thing. That, yeah. yep. You know, I really wanted to see Locust Grove because I haven't seen them before. But I did meet Zane the night before, after Screamer at Mutiny. Yeah. Talked to him for a bit about being on the podcast, and he said they'd love to. So hopefully, down the line, you hear some Locust Grove on here. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Zane, he was also in Annie Mortem, which is a band we're both big fans of that made a name for themselves a couple years ago that are out of Oklahoma as well. Really wanted to see. Cody Slame of Blackwater Rebellion and Scorned. Yeah. those. That,
1: and, that was one I was really yeah. felt bad about, but God, everything just got so fucking crazy, you know, at yeah. different points, you know, Severmind Driver, you know. Right. Um, I know
0: there's a couple more. I think I, did I write that down? Enslaved by Fear was another one yeah. I really want to see and Drek, see them again. And, uh, Fist of
1: Rage, of course, Yep. and Grind was at the beginning oh, of it all. We God, missed because we were
0: we were over at Jaeger, Camp Jaeger and just kind of, or actually we were doing an interview. Yeah, right. the,
1: yeah the interview we were doing got pushed <clears throat> back. So, yeah, but just one of those things.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of interviews, we've mentioned throughout, we had one with Sam from Retrospect Records who's been out there for nine of the ten years. He'll be there again next year and in the future. Does a phenomenal job with all this. And then we also had one with 3D in Your Face. We had one with The Devil You Adore. We had one with Devin Micah. And then we had one with Amanda Meredith, the attic chick. Yes. So if you were over near the retrospect stage, the big tent they had over there with some, some booths in it, one of them was her, and she was selling her book.
1: Yeah, she got a great book out.
0: Yeah, along with some other stuff. And she's her book is extremely open about her life, you know, her, her drug addiction Becoming homeless, losing her child, you know, everything that went with this. And she's now got a book depicting all this in detail. And she came on the podcast here to talk about all of it in detail. And she was really forthcoming and a very cool person to talk to just about stuff in general besides her book. And really looking forward to getting that one out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an awkward person. And to meet someone that makes you feel right at home just right away. And just such positivity—that was a, that was one I really enjoyed, and I can't wait for everyone to hear it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So be on the lookout for that soon enough. And she's also—I don't know what she's got next, but she had she said she had been on tour with Saving Abel and Saliva. Yeah, selling this book, you know, in the the merch area, which I thought was totally cool because that's not that's unique. That's not something you yeah. normally see. It's different. So I'm glad she's getting her name out there, and she's got more books coming. So. Be on the lookout for that. Look her up, Attic Chick on Facebook. Well, look us up as well. Thethunderunderground.com. Yes. Please. Thank you to everybody that came by the campsite and said hey or yelled at us as we're walking by. <laughs> or we gave cards to. And if you're listening or looking us up, can't thank you enough. Facebook is the Thunder Underground. YouTube is the Thunder Underground. Instagram is the Thunder Underground. And of course Twitter is T H N D R U-N D R Periscope is Thunder Underground. And then, oh, I'm forgetting SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder Dash Underground.
1: You can't miss us. Yep,
0: 65 other episodes, including guys from, Warrant, Europe, Crowbar, Sons of Texas, Drowning Pool, Drown yeah,
1: Overkill, Wino from The oh, Obsessed was uh, on there
0: with his band Spirit Caravan.
1: A lot of these guys that were at Rocklahoma, yeah,
0: bands we just mentioned like Severmind and Driver, and Grind as well, and tons of. Tons of other stuff, so I just appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you checking us out. Look for us coming soon. All these ones we just mentioned, and of course, tons more stuff. So, ten years in, wrapped up another Rock, Oklahoma. We'll That's right. I think it. we'll be here for Rockloma twenty
1: or what? Let's do it. Let's I'm do ready. It. All right.
0: <laughs> what, who did we say was going to be at Rock, Oklahoma twenty? Was it? Uh, oh man, it'd be. It'd be Five Finger Death Punch going on at 6 p.m. Because yes. they kind of lost their way somewhere. Yeah, Ivan maybe. Moody, you know, punched someone else, and they broke up, yeah. and then they got back together. Well, by then, they'll have
1: Jizzy Pearl singing for them. There you go. <laughs> yeah,
0: I would go see that, because that would be better vocally. <laughs> I'm not lying, I love Jizzy Pearl, and he's <laughs> way better than Ivan Moody. And, of course, we might have Def Leppard on their final tour. That's right. You know, That's we might right. have... Paul Stanley's kiss. Yes. You know, because Gene Simmons will have passed by
1: then. Well, it'll be Nick Simmons, <laughs> you know, his son. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we
0: might have Jack Russell and Great White finally lie together. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, now we're just rambling, right? By God. The Thunder Until next time. See you, Thunder Underground, y'all.